0: Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to this Palm Sunday online experience. I trust you've had a great week and a safe week at that we continue to have just a spirit of prayers. We continue to pray as our hearts go out to those around the world who have been negatively impacted by the coronavirus. And obviously, even um, right here close to home, we all know people. We're hearing of of stories of um, those that have friends and loved ones who have been affected uh, by the coronavirus, even right here in Orlando. And so uh, we just continue to pray. Our hearts um, are heavy because of uh, really just the impact that our world is facing. And obviously it's a, it's a ripple effect because it all uh, hits us close to home. And so just know that uh, we love all of you. We're standing with you and your family and your friends in prayer. And we're going to continue to join with us in prayer. I believe more than anything, man, that's what we need. We need the hope and the healing that only God can give. And, and let's just, let's just believe that God is going to do a miracle, that God is going to push back this virus and put an end to it. And we can get back to a life Um, that is normal and, and that we can enjoy the freedom that obviously we all long for. But only God can accomplish that. So the more of us that are are praying and the more of us that are standing in prayer and standing with one another through this whole pandemic, I believe that on the other side of all of this, hey, we're gonna come through stronger and healthier and better before, amen? So hey, hey, I'm just glad you're here. I'm so honored that you've chosen to worship with us today and be a part of this important service. Hey, guess what? Seven days from now, we are going to be celebrating the greatest day in all of human history. And, of course, that is Easter Sunday. It is Resurrection Sunday. And, man, I cannot wait. We are uh, planning a very powerful service. And so I, don't want, I want to encourage you even now to be thinking of friends that you can text, to us, uh, text the message to or maybe just make sure you share something on uh, Facebook or Instagram through social media to get people to be a part of our services on Easter Sunday. But even prior to Easter Sunday, on Good Friday at 12 noon Eastern time, we're actually going to be having a Good Friday online experience. It'll be on Facebook Live, and I just invite you and your family to, um, if you get a chance this week, grab some juice, grab some bread, so you're prepared, so you have the elements available. But at 12 noon on Good Friday, we're going to be taking a few moments on Facebook Live, and we're going to spend some time in prayer. We're going to uh, partake in, uh, in communion, and also I'm going to give just a brief word because Good Friday is good for us in the fact that Jesus paid the ultimate price our sins. And so with that in mind, I'm so thankful that we get the opportunity to come into your home. And I believe we're going to have the greatest and the most powerful and most impactful Easter that we have ever had. And I believe in the history of the world. So these are exciting times in light of all the difficulties that are going on in our world. But like I said a few moments ago, man, if there was ever time we needed the hope and the healing of Jesus, it is right now. Well, today I want to share a message that God's put Of my heart as it relates to Palm Sunday. You know, we don't often hear a lot of messages about the significance of Palm Sunday and really the relevancy that it has to your life and mine, especially us as followers of Jesus Christ. But the thing that is so powerful about this specific story in the Bible, in fact, it's outlined in Matthew chapter 21. In fact, if you get a chance, I would encourage you to read verses one through 11. But here's the scene. Jesus is entering into the city of Jerusalem for the for the very last time. And the reason why it was his final entrance into the city is simply because in a, in a very few short hours or days following him entering into the city, of course, he would be arrested. He would be falsely accused, put on trial. He would ultimately be crucified. And of course, we know how the story ends. Three days later, he would be raised back to life. But this is very important. And the reason why it's important is because Jesus is actually fulfilling what he had come to earth to do. And that was to not only die for our sins, but ultimately to reconcile us back to God. And so with that in mind, as they were all gathering together there in the city, there's a large crowd and the scripture says in verse 10 in Matthew chapter 21, I love this. It says, when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred. I love that. In other words, there was a, there was just this electric atmosphere. There was this buzz of excitement. There was an energy, you know, that was taking place. There was this, in some translations, even says it was an uproar. There was the stir of excitement. And here's the thing. People ask the question, who is this? who is this? People wanted to know, who is this Jesus person? Obviously, there were people that were gathered from everywhere. And out of curiosity, they wanted to know, who is this Jesus? Well, what's interesting is that what was taking place on this particular day as Jesus was entering into the city of Jerusalem for the final time, what was happening is that people were gathering in Jerusalem because it was Passover week. In fact, some scholars believe there was an estimated two million people there in the city of Jerusalem when Jesus entered into the scene. So not only do you have a massive, you know, crowd and increase in population there in the city, but it consisted of a mixed audience. You had people that were living there in Jerusalem who were Jews. You had people who had traveled up from Galilee. You had people who had also came from nearby in a town called Bethany where people had just witnessed the resurrection of Lazarus where Jesus raised him back to life. And so you had this excitement and this buzz. And what was interesting is that many people thought that Jesus was coming into the city for the final time as a way of establishing his rule and his authority. In other words, Many people believe that he was coming to overthrow the Roman empire and that he would ultimately establish his kingdom and would rule and would reign forever. But little did they know that he was ultimately coming to lay down his life upon the cross. And yet many people were asking the question, who is this? Who is this Jesus? And when you think about it, as I've been reflecting on this whole season that we're in right now with COVID-19 and Man alive, everything that it means to us as believers. You know, I've been asking myself the question what would it be like if people now more than ever, and I believe this is going to happen. I really believe that people's hearts are softening. I believe now more than ever, pe- people's curiosity are being piqued because I believe, if anything, what this is ha- what this is forced in our culture, in our world today, because of this coronavirus, it has caused a shift in people's perspective. I think people are asking a lot of questions. But can you imagine what would happen if people in your life and in my life? Imagine if the body of Christ, the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the this moment of COVID-19, in the midst of the darkness, we could shine our light so beautifully and radiantly and in such a way that people would ask us the question, who is this? Who is this Jesus that has changed your life? Who is this Jesus that perhaps has brought strength in the midst of the stress in your life? Who is this Jesus that has given you hope in the midst of hopelessness? Who is this Jesus that has given you unshakable faith in the midst of all of the fear? Who is this Jesus that has set you free from addictions? Who is this Jesus that has brought healing and restoration to your marriage? Who is this Jesus that has brought new life and new meaning and a greater sense of purpose to your life? Who is this Jesus? I believe now more than ever When we live out our faith in such a way that causes people to ask the question, who is Jesus and what is it that he has done in your life? Man, I believe that's when we can see a stir begin to take place. I believe that's when there can be this this sense of hunger and sense of desperation. There's There's a sense of thirstiness among the people who are longing to know who Jesus is because they want what we have. And so here's what I want us to understand. Because back then many people were asking who Jesus was because they were questioning his identity. Same is true even today. And when you think about it, Jesus is one of three things. Either he he was a liar, in other words, he was you know claiming to be somebody that he wasn't. And of course, many people think that he was falsely claiming that he was God. Or he was a lunatic. In other words, he was just some delusional, you know, crazy person, you know, making all these outlandish, you know, uh, claims about himself or perhaps, or he was truly Lord. He was the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so here's the thing that I want you to understand that in this massive crowd with this stirring that was taking place, people were asking the question, who is he? Who is this Jesus. And so with that in mind, I think there are three things that we can apply to our lives and we can learn from this Palm Sunday experience. And ultimately, I think that can challenge us more than ever, especially in this season, to shine brighter and to make that kind of impact to where our neighbors, listen, our friends in our community people in our family member, if, uh, people in our family who may not normally go to church and who may not even be followers of Jesus may ask you the question, who is Jesus? Who is he to your life? For the first way that I believe we can help kind of begin with this stirring, if you will, of curiosity in the hearts of people around us is first of all, is to live what we say we believe, to live what we say we believe. You know, in John chapter 14, verse 15, here's what Jesus said. He said, hey, if you love me, what did he say to do? He said, obey my commands. If you love me, Jesus said, hey, if you truly love me, then obey my commands. I love the quote by C.S. Lewis where he said, to walk out of God's will is the step into nowhere. Wow, what a powerful statement. And it's also a very dangerous place when we step out of God's will because when we do, we're actually stepping out into nowhere. In other words, we're in no man's land. We're on our own. We're we're no longer under the covering of God's protection, no longer under the covering of God's God's provision in our lives. You know, and in these seasons like this crisis that we're facing, it's easy, honestly, to get so focused on how big our problems are that we lose sight of how big our God is. It's so easy when we're going through periods of darkness like we're facing right now to live with fear rather than live out a spirit of faith. It's easy to take our eyes off of God and focus on our circumstances It's kind of like what Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says. What did it say? It says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You see, when we start leaning on our own understanding, when we begin to get restless, when we begin to start you know, worrying and, and, we, and we're filled with anxiety and fear, and all of a sudden we are fixated on how big our problems are and how bad all of the situation and circumstances are, what do you think that does to an unbelieving world? What do you think that does to people who are watching us, how we live out our faith? If they see us freaking out, if they see us living in fear, if they see us all worked up with anxiety, well, they're probably going to think, well, man, I don't want what they got. You know what I'm saying? And so the best way that we can help validate and substantiate and give credibility to who Jesus is, is by simply us living out our faith in a way that truly honors God, that is a part of His will and His plan and His purpose for our lives. You know, in this story of Matthew chapter 21, when Jesus was entering into the in, into the city of Jerusalem, before they actually went into the city, Jesus actually instructed some of his disciples to go to a nearby village and to get a donkey and a colt and to bring the donkey and the colt to him. Well, he knew what he was asking because it was actually the fulfillment of a prophecy that the prophet Zechariah had made. And so it could have been easy or tempting, if you will, for the disciples to go and to actually enter into this little village. But take the decision upon upon themselves to say, you know what, man, we don't want our Lord riding into the city of Jerusalem with two million people there on a donkey. Man, we need to get our Lord a Lamborghini. You know what I'm saying? We need, our Lord needs to be, He needs to be coming into the city of Jerusalem, riding a Harley Davidson. No, they could have taken matters in their own hands and did what was right in their own eyes. But you know what the scripture says? I love this because the Bible actually says in verse six in Matthew 21, the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. Can you imagine if we did exactly what God instructs us to do? Can you imagine if we would actually live what we say we believe by standing on the truth and standing on the promises of God and doing exactly what Jesus has commanded us to do, which is what? He said, hey, if you love me, obey my commands. You know, one of the things that Jesus actually said to his disciples was what? He said, one of the best ways that other people will know that you really are my disciples is by how you love one another. So let this be an opportunity for us as a witness to live out our faith, to demonstrate to other people that, hey, this person is people asking, "Who, who is Jesus? Who is he to you? Well, the best way for us to add credibility to that is by living out what we say we believe. Number two is this. We have to lift our voices in praise. I think this is so important. In verse 9 in Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 21, it says these words, the crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed, notice, they shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. They said, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. What was it that brought such praise and celebration and really just an atmosphere of worship that day? Well, you got to put yourself in the sandals of the people that were in the crowd because there were a lot of people in the crowd that day whose lives had been radically changed. For example, hey, think about, you remember, you remember the blind man by the name of Bartimaeus? He was a blind guy who had been literally sitting on the side of the road there in Jericho until he met Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Jesus brought sight to his blindness. Well, Bartimaeus, chances were, was in the crowd that day. And yet he was seeing Jesus as he entered into the city with his brand new eyes. I want you to think about somebody else. Think about the the man who was healed there at the pool of bethesda the crippled man for some 38 years was just lying there paralyzed handicapped until he met jesus and what did jesus do jesus healed the man he was probably in the crowd that day as jesus was entering into the city of jerusalem he was probably dancing he was busting a move why because jesus had healed and had transformed his life and i can't help but think but lazarus was in the crowd that day and of course he Was dead until Jesus showed up on the scene and said, Lazarus, come forth. And we all know what happened. Lazarus, he was raised back to life. Well, you can only imagine the buzz of excitement and celebration and worship that was going on in the crowd that day because there were people in that crowd whose lives had been radically changed. You better believe they were giving Jesus a shout out. Amen. And I believe if all of us were to think about it, think about this. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you've been born again, guess what? You are a witness to the greatest miracle of all. And that is the born again experience. That is the spirit of God changing your heart and transforming your life from the inside out. The new birth in and of itself is the greatest miracle possible. Of all time. So, when you think about the kind of impact this might have with our witness, well, think about if we lived what we said we believe, and then we just lifted our voices in praise, and, and rather than allowing the spirit of panic to take over, what if we turned our panic into praise? What, what if we we suddenly begin to just thank God for all that he has done and we begin to count our blessings. And as we're keeping things in perspective, we, be, we begin to realize, you know what? Hey, Jesus Christ has truly changed my life. And because of that, you know, while the whole world is looking for peace, I'm going to allow the peace of Jesus to rule and to reign in my heart. But at the same time, I'm going to turn my sense of panic into praise. And I'm going to praise God for who he is and all that he's done for me and all that he's capable of doing. Because let me tell you something, when we worship and we cry out to God and we sing praises to him and we lift his name high above every other name, what did Jesus say he would do? He will draw all people to himself. So man alive during this season, when there's so much discouragement and defeat and uncertainty in the world, I believe our praise and celebration can become the most powerful witness of all. And so when you think about it, people will ask us in the midst of all of that, hey, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus to our lives. I love what Psalm 9 verse 1 says, Lord, I will worship you with extended hands as my whole heart explodes with praise. And I will tell everyone everywhere about your wonderful works and how your marvelous miracles exceed expectations. So when you think about the question, who is this? Who is this Jesus? There's one more thing I want us to hear, and that is this. We have to let others hear our testimony. Think about that. Because the Bible says in verse 10 in Matthew 21, what did it say? People, as Jesus were entering into the city of Jerusalem, they were asking the question, who is this? Who is this? And then they responded, they said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. You see, these people were sharing their story of life change. They were, stor- they were sharing their story of how Jesus had healed them, had changed them, had transformed their lives. And let me tell you something. If you have given your life to Jesus, if you have been saved, God has given you a testimony to share. Let me tell you something. Just like the blind man who Jesus had healed and he didn't even know what in the world had happened But yet when he was brought in before the authorities and they wanted to know the details, he didn't know how to give all the details. All he knew how to say was that, hey, all I know is I was blind, but now I can see. And I believe with all of my heart, if you've ever put your faith and your trust in Jesus and you know him as your savior, let me tell you something, God can use your story to reach people that I'll never be able to reach. Listen, God will use you to impact other people that you have the op- opportunity to influence. Why? Because the, because they'll be able to relate to you. They'll be able to, listen, they'll be able to relate to your story and your testimony. And maybe God has allowed you to go through some difficulties and some some challenges in your life that God wants to use to turn something negative into a positive to cause all things to work together for His good, maybe God wants to turn your pain into a platform. God wants to turn your misery into a ministry. God has maybe allowed the season of testing to become your testimony in order to bring hope, in order to shine light, and ultimately to answer the question, who is this Jesus? Let me tell you what He has done for me. My father, I want to close with this. He was known for a slogan called go tell. And it's simply because it's part of the great commission to go into all the world and share and to preach the good news of Jesus. And that was his theme to go tell. And it was all built around Mark five nineteen. And of course, you know, the story about the demoniac that was radically healed and transformed and, and, um, and Jesus told him, he said, Hey, go home and tell your friends what great things has happened to you. But he had a little lapel pin he used to wear everywhere he went. And people would, sometimes they would mistake what that said. It said, go tell. A lot of people say, does that say go to hell? And he would say, no, it says go tell. And then they would ask the question, what are you supposed to go tell? And that was like music to his ears. And he would say, man, let me tell you about it. And I just believe with all of my heart, there are conversations that God wants you to have during this season right now, during this crisis. And maybe that conversation is for you to share your story. Share your testimony of God's faithfulness and what he's done in and through your life, how he has touched you, how he's changed you, how he has brought comfort in the midst of all the the trials and the hardships and difficulties that you've encountered. Maybe God wants you to leverage that pain so that that pain can be turned into a platform. Because let me tell you something, when we live what we say we believe and we lift our voices in praise and we simply let others hear our story and our testimony, I believe we can begin to see that stirring take place in our city. I believe we can begin to see that commotion and that excitement. I believe there can be a buzz in the atmosphere. We don't need the fear in the atmosphere. You know why? Because of who Jesus is. When Jesus is near, there is no fear. And I just believe that right now, more than ever, people are asking, Who is he? Who is he? Who is he to you? Well, let's be about sharing the hope and the good news of Jesus, of what he means to our lives and what he can do to transform the lives of those around us that desperately need it. Would you join me in a word of prayer? And as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed for just a moment, let me just say this. If you're watching this and you've, you've never put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to invite you today to allow the greatest miracle you could ever experience take place in your heart. And that's by simply putting your faith and your trust in the person of Jesus Christ. Hey, the same Jesus that changed the people's lives over 2000 years ago, and the same Jesus has changed my life. I believe with all of my heart today, right now, he can change your life. And the Bible says, for whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And so right there in your living room or you know, right there on your cell phone, wherever you're at as you're watching this, can I just invite you to bow your head, close your eyes and pray this prayer with me. You can say something like this. Just say, dear God, I confess to you that I'm a sinner and I turn from my sin. And Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross and you arose again. And today by faith, I'm inviting you into my life to save me and to forgive me and to change me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Now, if you just happened to have prayed that prayer just then, a miracle just took place in your heart, that simply means the spirit of a living God has come to live inside of you. You got a new life, you got a new beginning. And I believe with all of my heart, the best is still yet to come for you. God has an amazing plan and purpose for your life. Others of you, maybe you've already made that decision in your heart, that maybe God has used this message to create a stirring in your heart and once again reflect on who Jesus is to your life. Man, what an opportunity for us to shift our perspective. What an opportunity for us to, you know, to recommit, renew our hearts back to the Lord Jesus Christ. But hey, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, would you do me a favor? I have something that I want to send you. Would you simply text the the words RTL saved? It's there on your screen, just RTL saved to that number, um, 97,000, and it'll shoot you a form. Please fill that out and then click submit. And we want to send something to you that I believe, with all my heart, will help you get started on the right path in your new life with Christ. Well, hey, I love you. Can't wait to experience Easter Sunday with you. And let's continue to be in a spirit of faith. Let's all be strong in the Lord during these difficult days. Well, thanks again for listening.